This is why we love racing in all its forms. That's King of Swing fighting though. He's a superstar, a champion pacer. Untap's holding on. What a win. Untap from the Harrison Sandown Cup. But Gold Trip is brave. 100 to go. A leap and a half emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. For the next hour, RSN is cracking the codes. morning welcome everyone welcome to cracking the codes and uh, the three of us are here i'm dan maliki joined by matt stewart and simone fisher guys it's a big weekend uh, I, I think all three of the codes in victoria this weekend are sharing the limelight and i think that's fantastic with a great day at caulfield back to caulfield after a couple of weeks in regional areas you've got your zipping classic sandown cup sandown guineas date but it's at caulfield uh you've got the opening round of inter dominion heats at ballarat tonight and you've got the melbourne cup of greyhounds which is one of the richest greyhound races in the world uh, nowadays we've got a lot to look forward to simone certainly have dan good morning to you good morning to you morning also, simone matt yeah it's a huge weekend of racing and of course the jericho tomorrow down in Warrnambool. I'm looking forward to a great night tonight of Greyhound Racing though with the the Melbourne Cup. Um, Just a brilliant time to be alive, isn't it, with racing? (laughs) It It is a good time to be alive. (laughs) rather be alive than the the alternative. I feel like I'm swimming in the three codes uh, this week. um, You've had a busy week. Done a fair bit of all three and the more you do, the more invested you become and watching the Melbourne Cup heats last Saturday night was really, really drew me into the, the stories of the Melbourne Cup. So looking forward to the, that and the bold trees and then the first round of heats of the Inter Dominion. Am I right? Did I read that they've introduced a sprint lane at Ballarat? Yes, that's correct. That's part of the rules. They finally of, uh, buckled, did they? Well, it's only for the Inter Dominion. They did it last Inter Dominion when they had a round of heats as well. They just brought it in. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary, not for Ballarat, but they're part of the rules for the Inner Dominion. One of the other part of the rules of the Inner Dominion, which I'm not a fan of and only learnt uh, very late, is the emergency situation for tonight. All I can say is if you're not aware, um, look at the, uh, well, look at the conditions, but the emergencies that gain a run in the heats of the Inner Dominion tonight replace the horses that are scratched, a bit like the Greyhounds. But the Greyhounds don't have a sprint lane and they don't have two rows. So I find it very complicating. I think it's rather messy. And I think for a lot of punters, they'll learn the hard way that it's it's not suitable for them. And with the Greyhounds, you've only got two reserves. So you've only got two boxes in the field potentially that can be filled. But what happens, Dan, with the horses then? If you've got a few scratchings, what order do they go into the field or is it a random draw? Well, that's the other thing as well. If if a number of horses come out, in one case, Monomia is out of the draw, ODM, which means she has to start outside the front line. So she doesn't replace the horse that's scratched because uh, she's ODM. But the horse that's the second emergency gains a run and then replaces the horse that was scratched second and starts from barrier one. So I'm confused. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you're confused, I didn't even know about it. We interviewed Matt Craven on radio yesterday. He had a horse that he thought was now drawn barrier one, only for me to have to say, no, it's not the case. So even he didn't know. So I don't like that idea at all. But the good thing, this positive, I don't like being negative unless I can come up with a positive and that there will be no emergencies come Tuesday uh, with, for the second round of heats. Well, I'm OTW, off to Warnable. Ah, Jericho Day, <laughs> tomorrow. The morning of acronyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm really looking, I've got young Ollie with me, who's um, rich in Jericho history, uh, my oldest, my 19-year-old, and we've been to every Jericho that we could possibly have been to. This is with the COVID uh, era. So we've been to two. The first one was 2018. This will be the third. 
It's going to be typical of weather down that way. It's going to be 27 degrees today and then 14 degrees tomorrow, which makes it very, very May carnivalish down there. So really looking forward to the Jericho Cup tomorrow. Warren and uh, Brendan and I will, uh, Terry Henderson will join us. We're trying to get hold of Dennis Lilly, who is the guest of the Jericho. At the moment, he's proving a little bit hard to find, but... Uh, we're hoping if you're listening, uh, DK Lily, uh, we want to have a chat to you tomorrow. Um, but looking forward to getting down there for that. Looking forward to having a chat to Robbie Heathcote this morning on cracking the codes. He's got Rothfire, uh, in the, uh, in the winter bottom today, uh, over there in, in, uh, in the West. Amazing story with the horse, the ownership group and the trainer, um, with his background as well, with his Contiki. Oh, we've been down this road before with him, but we have so much to talk about that, with Contiki. He should know the cheaper tickets to get if he's going from Brisbane to Perth anyway, shouldn't he? You'd reckon so. <laughs> and he got scammed recently too by a sort of some weird, I don't think it was a Nigerian scam. So we're talking to a trainer who's been scammed. He's won two winter bottoms. Uh, he used buffering. to drive Contiki buses. Mm. So looking forward to that. And looking forward to our interviews in the other codes as well. Paul Bartolo is going to join us, Simone. He is. So he trained the first and second. So the, he quinelled the Melbourne Cup back in 2006. And they were litter mates, weren't they? They were litter yeah. mates as well. And it's never been done before in that particular sequence. So looking forward to catching up with Paul Bartolo and reliving those moments. And yeah. it's hard to think, like, that's... A long time ago, 16 years ago. Uh, no, my maths. Yeah, six, is that 16 years ago? <laughs> I'm not really. She's the greatest person. second guesser of all time. Isn't I she? am. I always second guess myself. But um, these moments, you, you look back and you think, oh, it doesn't seem that long ago. I was there and I remember it, and I've been to many Melbourne Cups. So 16 years younger. Um, 40, 30, 40. Well, you're older yeah. than me, so you'll always be three or four yeah. months older than me. I'll always be younger than both of you. Uh, is it unusual? Uh, I don't know how we'll ask Paul Bartolo about how big that litter was, but just uh, how is it really unusual for two to pop out at the same time in the same litter to to, to run uh, to Quinella a feature race later on? Oh, well, it must be because I don't think, I can't think off the top of my head that it's been done in a group one like that before. And uh, Paul will tell the story. I think Miss Minnie Mouse was actually the one he thought had more ability and it was Betty's Angel that um It's a good name, isn't it? M- Miss, Miss Minnie, Minnie Mouse. Mouse. Yeah, but he's been breeding for a long time and bred his own dogs and raced them and been very successful. His son Ray is the manager at the Geelong Greyhound Racing Club. So, and they're still in the industry and it, it's great to have people that have been in it for a long, long time and uh, one of his greyhounds... I uh, can't think off the top of my head. Um was inducted into the Greyhound Racing Hall of Famer a number of years ago. I did that induction at Crown one night. So, yeah, long history there of really good bloodlines that have continued on for a long time. So looking forward to catching up with Paul. And, Dan, you've got a, a great guest lined up as well. Basil Dooley, the trainer of Better Be The Bomb, is going to join us. Uh, Basil's a farrier, but um, he's had a fantastic ride with Better Be The Bomb, who's an older horse now, but everybody loves Better Be The Bomb. He's just a workmanlike, he's a trier, and he can take some big scalps along the way as well. And um, he's a roughie uh, that you know he'll be hard, fit, resilient, strong, just what you need for an Inter-Dominion series and a really good chance to make the grand final. But they've got to run three heats tonight. Tuesday night at Shepparton and then the next Saturday at Geelong and the final seven days later at Tapcourt Park, Melton on the 10th of December. This country tour of the heats, the Commonwealth Games when it comes, I know they're going regional with that, with Geelong and other places. Forgive my ignorance, but is this a a fairly unusual trip around the countryside? They did it last time or in previous Inter-Dominions, it's it's happened before. The change-up probably came in about 2000. When the first million-dollar Inter-Dominion was run at Mooney Valley, Shaker Maker's 
in a Dominion. And the Victoria Cup and the Hunter Cup were run through the carnival. They were actually uh, qualifying heats, but worth double points for the Inner Dominion. And since then, there's only been a few what you would consider traditional run at the same track, three heats, grand final. One year they ran heats in different states and locales, locations around New Zealand to go into a final. So they've changed it up a fair bit since then. And uh, New South Wales had regional venues last year. Is it uh, they've done it in a, WA as well. Is it because sort of the heart and soul of the sport is more provincial than Metro? I, I think they're sharing the love. I, yeah. I think it makes sense. Point of difference. The Intermediate's changed a little bit. Um, when I was growing up, and I'm sure anyone about my vintage or even even a bit younger uh, would remember it as being the Melbourne Cup of Harness Racing. I think that's changed a little bit. There's a lot of other options now. Uh, time-wise, or, or time of the year, has changed. It used to be in March, and I think when it was in March, that was when the Intermediate was what, when we thought it was the Melbourne Cup. And then it lost its identity a little bit. There hasn't been trotting into Dominion's run every year. Uh, they've been spaced out, whereas the, the pacing has been run, but at one stage there it looked like that nobody wanted it. Hence why Menangle had it for a few years in a row. Queen uh, WA had it for a few years in a row. New Zealand are not mm. part of that rotation. It used to rotate between each state and the two islands of New Zealand. Well, there's a couple of states of Australia that just can't do it financially now, and New Zealand have opted out. So it's a completely different mm. look in a Dominion. There's only one New Zealand horse in the series, isn't there? Well, that's the bolt for brilliance, the mm. trotter. Mm. Uh, and we need that New Zealand representation. It doesn't feel like an Inner Dominion without having them there or having the best horses uh, going around. The pacing ranks this year the most open I've seen. So that keeps the dream alive for more people than usual. I was just going to ask a question, Dan. With the Greyhounds, sometimes they have a regional to city type of series. Um, and considering that the regional tracks are run around the 450 metres and the city tracks around the 500 metres, sometimes it can be a challenge for some of those dogs that are really good country dogs that um, just can't go that distance or they're so used to racing around one turn, a horseshoe track, as we call it, that the two turns makes it difficult. So does that translate at all with the horses, with the distance around the tracks, oh, no the doubt. shape and the sizes? No doubt. You, you recognise it a lot more when you see the quality of horse that go to some of these tracks and then realise, wow, it's nearly impossible to win from the back. And everyone's reminded of that once they see some of those races, which I'm no doubt will be the case tonight, because these horses are hard, they're fit, and they've got good barrier draw, slot into a position they can all run a minimum time. So the horses that are out the back, whether they're there because they're just not having much luck or they're drawn badly, they've got to go, in some cases, two seconds quicker going wide around. So even though they're 25 metres better than the horse in front, they can't necessarily beat them. Well, that's right. It's uh, mathematics, isn't it, around turns? And so I, funny, I noticed that yesterday. Rick McIntosh was funny. I was talking to Rick McIntosh doing the Benalla preview yesterday. No, the Wodonga preview. And then Terry Bailey. And we all cottoned onto this same horse in the uh, Wodonga Cup, High Stranger, the top weight. And then the only thing that... Uh, so we all... You know when you, it's like a conga line and then all of a sudden you can't stop thinking about it and we're all betting on our apps and... Poor old high stranger. And, and then Terry Bailey said the most, uh, you know, crucial thing. He said, I just, I'm just not sure Wodonga's high stranger's track. 
same as what you were just and talking about. And it resonates at it the just, last second. And, he, <laughs> and it just never, ever got a crack at him. And I thought, yeah, funny enough. Uh, and talking about tracks, we, our first guest, Paul Batolo, is about to join us. But just quickly on the Zipping Classic meeting today, the big meeting in the Gallops, uh, it's made a move too. This is the second year from Sandown to Caulfield. It's been pushed back, I think, three weeks. So 27-degree day today. Matty Kane is the new chairman. We're going to have a chat to him a little bit later on in the second hour, Dan, and uh, setting the scene for, you know, this... Um, dropping out of the standard spring carnival race meeting that they've created with the Zipping Classic. And uh, so we're going to have a good chat to uh, Matty Kane a little bit later on about uh, this reinvention of the Zipping and the transferal of it. And this is second year in, so we'll see what their expectations are. And on the back of meetings at Cranbourne and Ballarat as well, we were talking about that with the harness racing, so the love is shared, isn't it? Ballarat picnics today, funny. Yeah. Uh, just Sorry, just looking ahead again. Uh, um because of the enormous setbacks to the picnic season this year, it was supposed to start on Cox Plate Day, but the bloody rain and the floods and all sorts of things. So we still haven't had a picnic meeting yet. So emergency um, strategy, they're running on synthetic today. And the king of the picnics, Troy Kilgower, who's got over 30 horses for the picnic circuit this year, which is massive. That makes him the, the backbone of Who the pays for those horses? He and his brother, Ricky, um, sort of share them around. We'll, we'll talk to Troy later yeah. on about that. So he's taking about eight or nine to Ballarat today, and uh, it's a it's a love job. But it's a wonderful idea to put that meeting on today because those horses, they would have been in work for a couple of months, I imagine, Matt, or ready to run for a couple of months because, what, has it been about five weeks' worth or, or maybe even longer of picnic meetings that have been called off? Yeah, and this was the transferred Woolamai one. So looking forward to having a chat to Troy and Maddie later on and, and Robbie Heathcote this morning as well and also Paul Bartolo this morning on Codes. Who's there on the line? We're going to relive a, a magic moment with uh, with Paul uh, from uh, 2006 uh, shortly as well, Simone. We certainly are, but uh, Paul, we all dream of winning a Melbourne Cup in the Greyhounds, but to run first and second in the Melbourne Cup was probably a bigger dream than Paul ever expected back in 2006. And good morning, Paul. Um, gee, this time of the year, it really yeah. must rekindle some memories for you. Yes, it does. Good morning, guys. Yes. Hey, Paul... What we were just wondering before is how whether there's much of a precedent for this. I'm visualising the, the 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 birth of this litter. I don't know how many were in this litter, but two of them then later in life went on to Quinella, the Melbourne Cup. Is is that a, a common event or not? No, I don't think. I don't know if it's ever been done with litter sisters. So I, I think they were the first. You can correct me on that, but I'm sure I was told we were the first ones to have Luther sisters win the Melbourne uh, the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I don't think it's been definitely not in the Melbourne Cup and it's not something yeah. I think we would have heard about it, wouldn't we? So it's probably yeah. a title that they, they both hold running the Quinella there. But tell us about that night, Paul. You had Betty's Angel um jumping from oh, was it box six and box six, six yes. and Miss Minnie Mouse was Minnie Mouse box four. Four. So you didn't have great boxes um, going into the no. race. You know that they both had plenty of early pace, but Betty's Angel had been racing in some really good form leading up to the Melbourne Cup. But was it a nice feeling for you just to enjoy it, not have that pressure of being the favourite, going That's into right. it hoping that you could win, but knowing that it may have been a, a bit of a task? Yeah, I didn't have no pressure at all, really, that night, like even the week, because we thought we couldn't win it, but it was such a prestige race. It was just an honour to be in it. And, yeah, i just done exactly what I was doing all week. Didn't change anything. And um, the rest is history, <laughs> really. 
we panicked a bit because Betty, see, Betty was a real showgirl, and because it was such a big crowd, she kept wanting to jump in the crowd. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I was there. I was working on Sky yeah. that night. Well, I've seen that happen at clubs with showgirls too, Paul, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the um, prize money of the Melbourne Cup that year? It was 130000 Wow, I bet you wish you'd, uh, we're going to relive the moment in 2022. It's, um, it's one of the richest races in the world now, but it's still 16 years ago. Does that equate to where it is now or, or you? I think it just about does. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, Look, to tell you the truth, I didn't even, the money didn't even come no. in our heads, really. We were just so wrapped to be in it. And, you know, when you breathe a letter, it's just a surreal feeling. Tell us about the letter. We'll have a listen to the replay as well, but I'm still fascinated by how two gold nuggets came out of this particular litter. Tell us about the, their mum and tell us about the litter and the mating and was, was it a star-studded litter or were these the two that came out of it that were extra no, special? It was, there was another one that won the Paws of Thunder in Sydney, Leprechaun Pace. She'd won, I can't remember how many group races, but we sold her, oh, she must have been about two and a half or not even, because I've had Betty and Miss Minnie Mouse, and how many bitches can you breed from, or females can you breed from? So we sold her to Robbie Crawford, and he won the Paws of Thunder with her. Oh, so what was right. the male-female breakup of the litter? Because there's three bitches that were superstars. What what was the ratio male to female of the litter? It was, I think, three males and four females. Yes, yeah, so, and the litter combined, Matt, a total of 76 wins from 216 starts and won almost $850,000 in prize money back, back then. Back yes. Yeah, wow. so, I mean, Were any of the boys any good, Paul? Yes, there was one just probably just as quick as Betty. His name was Fast Indian. That's right. <laughs> he broke his hock. So we just retired him. We just had him here. Yeah, let, let's relive this whole Melbourne Cup. We've been talking about it. Let's listen to Betty's Angel and Miss Minnie Mouse. Ready. They're racing pure burst slow to begin and Betty's Angel flew the boxes. Went Miss Minnie Mouse up to second, third, back to the inside. Laurie Banner on the turn out of the straight though. Betty's Angel led by two to Miss Minnie Mouse. About six to Laurie Banner third, going around them right way. Followed by Trainer Journey. Out to the tail go pure burst, with the dream and runs house as they come up the back straight. And Betty's Angel skipped away. Six lengths to Miss Minnie Mouse. Laurie Banner followed by right way, running a butler to the outside. But Betty's Angel is sweeping away to win the Melbourne Cup by five Miss Minnie Mouse, second a kettle, Quinella, third is right way. Laurie oh, Banner next to Lynn Kane, trainer journey followed. What an easy watch. It sounded like <laughs> there's no sweat whatsoever, Paul. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest with you, it was like there was no gravity. I just didn't believe. I was like, I don't know. It's a funny feeling you get. I can't explain it. And I said to my son, did we win that? And he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ran second too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one of those but things. The feeling you get, it's just, I, I can't explain it. You have to go through it. Like, I think David Gills said the same thing. Like, it, the feeling's unbelievable. It, is it sort of a paternal feeling as well? Because it, with racehorses, you're never, not, not often there from the day, from day one, from inception to mating to looking after the pups and all that. Is it sort of a different feeling with greyhounds that you breed and whelp and all that? Because the story starts at day one, doesn't it? Yeah, see, when you breed them and rear them and put them through the whole process, it's, to me, it's no different than family. 
they're like family, really. It's like when your kids, if they achieve something you're proud of, look, with us, the dogs are the same. That's how, I don't know, that's how we are, the dog people. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that, Paul. But what, yeah. what tell our listeners also, you, you put her around Geelong at quite a young age to give her a look at the track, didn't you? Or you'd just broken her in and thought, I'll put her around at Geelong. <laughs> you thought the clock had broken? Yes, yes. I can't remember now because it was a long time ago, but she just ran as quick as a race dog and she was only 12 months old and I just said, oh, no, there's something wrong with the clock. But was it Miss Minnie Mouse that showed a little bit more potential early on more than Betty's Angel? Is that how the story What was? happened, Miss, as soon as we named it, we named Betty after Diane's mother. She passed away. And I said to Diane, well, we'll, we'll name the better one <laughs> after your mum. So we took them to the meadows and trialled them in a half field. They were only about 16 months old and Miss Minnie Mouse beat her. I think they ran 30 over three. Which back I then, like, I mean, if they're running around 30 dead back, you know... I know. <laughs> that's a great time, you know, really good. Almost breaking yes, 30 seconds. I said to Don, I think we named the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> but then, apparently there was a satisfactory trial and they needed one other dog. And I said, no, I'm not trialling these, they're only pups. And they were sort of begging me. And one bloke said he'd come all the way from Bendigo. So I said to Ray, my son, Ray, put Fast Indian in his... He was the male in the litter. Put him in with her, with him. Anyway, Fast Indian won by 10. I think he ran 30.05, and they all started abusing me, yeah. saying that's not a pup. <laughs> I could imagine a satisfactory trial. You want the dog that's running that trial to actually pass it, not be uh, something trying to chase something 10 lengths in front of it that it might fail to chase again or something. I know, but the steward. I think it was Brendan's just burst out laughing. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> they all started first. They're begging me to put past Indian in, and then I sort of agreed. You don't like to put young pups in satisfactories. No, not you, know, you don't know if they're fighters. Anyway, he won by ten, and they all started abusing me, saying that's not a pup. <laughs> ringing, ringing. <laughs> hey, um. Hey, Paul, whatever became of Miss Minnie Mouse and Betty's Angel later in life? Did they continue the um? The um, the breeding dynasty uh, off their own bat. Yes, but nothing as good as them. I think um, Bo Frazier, I think, was one of them that won a group race. I'm yeah. not sure. No, no, it was Premier Baloney. Sorry, Premier Baloney. Um, Ed Pacino. Yeah, but he was the one that won a group race. Like the others were Grade Five dogs, so they didn't produce nothing as good as them. But they end up staying here anyway all their lives. Hey, Paul, one of my mini obsessions is trying to work out whether the breeds are getting better and faster or faster and weaker or whatever it is across all three codes. Um, and I always tend to ask the owner breeders this, and this is going back to 2006 with Betty's Angel. Fast yep. forward, um, what was it, Simone, 16 years. 16 years. Is the, the greyhounds that you're breeding now, are they, are they different than the ones you were breeding uh, a few generations ago? Yes, they are, but I wouldn't say they're faster, though. Why are they different? Yeah. Just, they don't chase as good, that's for sure, nowadays. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I think it's the tracks. They are going quicker, but the tracks are so much superior now. Are the bloodlines different than they were? Have we got more international bloodlines than we used to? Yes. Yeah, look, I don't 
look, personally, myself, I don't think it's made much of a difference. Like, I still... Geez, I've, I had a dog called Jones Jr. Well, probably 35 years ago, and I still haven't had one as quick as him. Mm, I remember so, Jones Jr. Was it that long yeah. ago? 30. I think I was yeah. calling it. Yeah, yeah it was leopard called Mrs. First Letter. Right, there you go. So, I remember that dog. Yeah, and I haven't, I still haven't had one as quick as him. But you've you've Quinella to Melbourne Cup, so um, you can yeah, just, yeah you can put That's your hand right. up and you've claimed that. So. <laughs> have, have you done the form for tonight's race? No, oh, it's too hard of a race. The box draws sort of made it interesting, hasn't it? Yes, I think. Well, one's a very it's a big advantage at Sandown, but I think whoever leads around the first turn would probably win. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at statistics, box one at Sandown, it's far superior than any other box. Yeah, for really. sure. But you've you've shown that you can win a Melbourne Cup out of box six, Paul. So um, yeah, look, yeah. Look, you need luck on the night. Your dog's got to feel well on the night. Some dogs can't handle big crowds and pressure, which that was our advantage because ours loved it. <laughs> but I did look at a few dogs that night. I was looking at the other dogs, my opposition, and some of them had their tails between their legs, and I knew, well, I think I've got him covered. Like, yeah, I'm not, it's like horses. Some horses can't handle the big crowds. No. Humans are the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everyone gets stage, uh, starstruck and stage-struck <laughs> from time to time. Hey, Paul, well done. Uh, great to reflect okay. on Betty's Angel. Uh, uh, great to hear that replay as well, and it was a and what's what's now known in in modern parlance as an easy watch. Uh, well done, and keep reading superstars, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Paul Batolo there, uh, that was an easy watch, wasn't it? The, with the bang bang Quinella for, yeah. for six and four straight. Looking at, um, the, 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 the showdown tonight too, where wow, she's fast as engaged. It just shows you, and, and I've got to compliment, uh, Greyhound Racing here, the way they've been able to showcase where wow, she's fast, uh, because everyone loves her. People from other codes will join in to watch her run and yet her last four starts is eighth eighth first and sixth people love her it's a two dog race tonight i think it's absolutely fantastic and she's a classic example simone of how important the start is you know and and she's a pearl was the same last week just yeah. one slight misstep at yep. the start and a little squeeze and the best greyhound in 10 years is out the back spat yeah. and yeah. then and then when they get the stuffing knocked out of them like that it's hard for them to gather to and recover. chase. It sure is. It really is, isn't and it? Even yeah. if they are a hard chase, you, you think about losing that momentum at that speed, how hard that is to recover. So it uh, just adds to the intrigue and the, the dynamic of the racing, doesn't it? It's it, it's all good. good it's a watch. wonderful, uh, wonderful program ahead of us uh, tonight. Rob Heathcote's going to join us after the break. Uh, he's got uh, Rothfire running in the Winterbottom, a race that's pretty special to his heart, having won it twice before with uh, with buffering. As we go into the break, we've got another special memory, a Melbourne Cup memory, uh, Simone. Yes, my maths is a little bit better. 1992 makes it 30 years ago. Yep. Master Giant. Racing, Oceani Princess on the outside, boxed away, okay. Master Giant Sierra Leader, Amy's down in the centre. Oceani Princess caught out a little bit deep on the first turn as she goes to third. To the back straight down, the leader, Master Giant, two in front. Dennis Duell rails, run to be second, third, Amy's Doll. Oceani Princess struggling on the outside, true to do the rails. Followed then by Nash and Raro, well back Vision Express, Golden Mike, coming to the corner now. Master Giant, the leader, Dennis Duo second. Oceani Princess, Master Giant, the leader, Dennis Duo, tries hard. 
Stewart, but Master Giant has won the cup from Dallas Duo. Drew to do third. ACD Princess Amy's Dole Nash and Roro, Golden Mike. This is RSN cracking the codes. Fast and rocking, searching for run, and now to the outside, Waterman's Bay, but Buffering led them at the 250. Brown went to work. The great horse, Buffering, led the way from Mad Azza. Down the outside, here comes Waterman's Bay, mowing turf, Buffering in front. Waterman's Bay running on hard, but Buffering wins the winter bottom again. Buffering, again the conqueror of Waterman's Bay. Down the outside, There you go, that was Buffering's second win in the winter bottom, and it made me think that he's trying to rob it. Heathcote has had such a coloured life. He's trained champion horses. He's a scam survivor. He's oh. a former Contiki bus driver. <laughs> Let's just confirm that he's, he's not a group a one trainer. He's a raconteur and he's an enjoyer of Perth's, uh, uh, the, the fruits of Perth racing because he's enjoyed it a few times and he's sitting on a balcony somewhere surveying the scene, I think. How are you, Rob? Good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm bloody flu. I mean, everyone seems to have the flu at the minute, and I, I got it a week ago, and I've been fighting it off, but a Group 1 trophy under my arm will fix that. You're not a, it's not a double stripe flu on the little indicator thing, is it, Rob? No, no, no. My daughter, was. Uh, she made sure I had all the tests done before I left to come over, and they're all negative, so anyway, you know, it is what it is, and I've got to fight it off. Well, it's a pretty good place for you previously. Um, dreams do come True in Perth. You've at least been there twice before and uh, returned home successfully. So it seems like it could be Groundhog Day for you, Rob. Well, hopefully. It looks good on paper anyway. I mean, we drew the barrier that, that we needed and, and the weather here is as expected, glorious, as you said, and <laughs> we're going to get a good track. And you know, I, I woke up this morning and see Valana's out. I'm yeah. not, not exactly sure what happened there, but bad luck for the the blue army there but it certainly makes it a bit easier for us it certainly does um i love it when trainers when a, a key rival comes out and trainers go look i'm really disappointed for the <laughs> the blue army as if you are but you've been there as before though sorry, i mean but... look to be fair though rob you would have been in the same position previously so there must be something there that thinks well i've been there before and you know i know what it's like and particularly with a horse like roth fire you missed a lot of key racing with him in group one races that you would have thought for sure you were being a part of you didn't get to so that even though Matt is making light of it, as uh, in a way we do to try to make tasks easier. Having been there before, you, you do understand. All right, truth, truth time. When you heard that Valana came out, did you go ah oh, or woohoo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right, Matt. I can't lie there, but it's, I know you well enough, Heathcote. I know you well enough. It did happen to me with buffering. I was even money favourite for a Group One BRC sprint back in Brisbane in the day, and uh, he got a stone bruise on the Friday afternoon, so we had to pull him out. So it's a difficult thing to happen, but as they say, that's racing at times. Hey, um, Simone here has got her own retired race horses. Um, she loves horses and all their mannerisms, and she. I've got to show her the little um, tweet video that was sent out. I, I don't know whether it was your stable or not, but when Rothfire came out to work yesterday, I'm presuming it. At Ascot, and he stopped at a little crossing, and he looked left and right with his ears pricked. He he just oozes personality, Rothfire, doesn't he? He does, and and he's got so many similarities, characteristics that you know he, uh, my other good champion Buffering had, and he's just a dude. You know everything about him, he, the big crowd, the the excitement, the the pageantry of a big group on race day, nothing phases him, and he, he's 
He's such a great traveller as well, and that's why he, he formed this this trip across to the west formed part of our plan because I knew he would take it all in his stride. Rob, being from Queensland, you might even know my off the tracker first crush. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, no, he's, he's got plenty of personality too. But um, being spring in the air, and we've had so much rain, he's been a bit of a, a jerk at feed time lately. I had to, you know, <laughs> wield the bucket towards him because he's getting a little bit too exuberant. But um, I was just reading an article from during the week about um, the owner Louise Yates. Someone had said that they thought that Rothfire was ugly and not an attractive horse and she was quite defensive and it reminded me of a quote and I'll tone it down um, from a, a son of an old trotting trainer. It was something about you can tell a man that you're having an affair with his wife but don't tell him his horse isn't any good and I've read this quote and it's almost like, you know, telling me my horse is ugly. No, it's not. And um, I think sometimes we just, we look past that, don't we, and opinions are people's own but we um, love our horses regardless. Oh look, you can that 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 quote. I think the official version is you can you can tell a man his wife is ugly and his child's dumb, but don't tell him his horse is slow. Oh, but that's I've, different to I've, what I've heard too. But I tell you what, I've never I've never tried it. Try 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 it and see what actually happens. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it's it's so true though. But you know, the story with Rothfire is really quite amazing because he was unwanted as a as a yearling. He was not put through any of the sales. They deemed him. Not a good enough looker, and certainly a pedigree that that may not have attracted any bids. So, so I brought him over the telephone, and you know the rest is his history, so to speak. He's he's won 1.8 million. He's a Group One winner. He's multiple Group Two winner, uh, and he's he's just defied veterinary science, I guess, because this horse should never be back racing, not with the seriousness of an injury that he once suffered. But he's back and. And competitive, competitive at this highest level. That's that's the miracle of, of his recovery. It almost comes down to character, doesn't it? And maybe in, in, at the end of the day, what, what, the reason why he's come through is physical recovery, but but that indefinable sort of character that the horse has got. Hey, Robert, um, I had wasn't aware of... Um, Simone just mentioned Louise Yates as a part owner, and uh, Ben Dorries wrote a really lovely story on Racenet this week, and uh, there's uh, you and, and Rothfire, and then Louise Yates, who who's in a wheelchair because um, she severed her spine in a car accident when she was 15, but... Those who used to watch a lot of soapies in the in the 70s and 80s may look at her face and think, I've seen that face before. Did you used to watch Cop Shop when you were a young, when, before your Contiki days in Europe? Had to, mate. In fact, Louise was also a star in another show, Bellbird. You'd remember oh, yeah. that one. No, I'm too I'm, young for it. Yeah, sure. I had to watch that every, every episode with my mum and dad. They loved it. And, uh, yeah, Louise was in that show as well as Cop Shop, so... Beautiful people, you know, an amazing story, and he's just Rothfire himself, Matt. I mean, he's he's a he's a working man's horse, and and they're all tradies in the horse. He was a cheapie. He sat on my website for three months, unwanted, and then Jamie Tudiet called me with a bunch of mates and said, "Look, we're all tradies. You've got a cheap horse on there. He's only eleven grand and twenty or oh, twenty grand because I paid for him twice." Um, but that, that's another story, Matt. We know that one. Well, it got scammed again. <laughs> no, What's that going was on the, here? That was the original scam. <laughs> Look, we won't go back over it, Rob, but what happened was, I'll paraphrase it and you tell me if I'm wrong, 
when that happened, you somehow appeared on the database of some scammers back in the back in the day when you paid twice for Rothfire, and then it bit you on the bum again recently with a scam involving the purchase of a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. You're too trusting, Rob. So you've you've been you've, they've double dipped on you, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But I, I did learn my lesson after the first one, and every dollar I ever transfer, I'm ultra ultra secure, and I make sure phone calls are done and accounts are. I checked, and I've done that for the last four years meticulously. And here was this, you know, lovely gift for my wife for her, you know, um, momentous birthday. Uh, I won't say how old, fifty. You know, when she turned fifty, bought her a new car, and and uh, the scammers were so clever they even advised me to go into the bank and transfer the money. It's safer. <laughs> Little did I realise that uh, that's how clever they were. They'd, they'd come between myself and Mercedes, and. And the money duly went to a, a bogus fraudulent account. But I have to say there was a, a very happy ending to the story because the bank was fantastic and they, they've come to the party and they've uh, reinstated my bank balance. Well, you were very and tenacious I, about the whole issue uh, without no, no surprise there. And uh, finally you got the... It's actually reassuring really, isn't it? Because of the, the safety nets don't seem to be there. But ultimately in the case of your story with the scammers, you, you, it did work out okay, didn't it, in the end? It did, and I know, Matt, there's, a, there's probably a lot of people out there listening to us talk now that have been in the same situation, and my only advice to them is, is, you know, go hard and do your best because there are flaws in the financial system as there are flaws in, well, you pick up the paper every day now, there's someone else being scammed or attempted to be scammed, whether it's Optus or Medibank or, or whatever, it just goes on and on and on, and everyone just has to be, and it's something that... I would love to see some of the rules of banking changed so so we can stop so many people from, from being ripped off. And they were so elaborate and so clever how they did it. But as you said, Matt, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate that I had a good outcome. And hopefully um, you won't uh, won't be annoyed too much on when you're taking a horse over to the West. It, is it combined with a little bit of a break, a bit of me time, family time, um, and uh, and no one gets in your way. You, you should be able to breathe easy unless something else is happening in the interim that you haven't told us about, Rob. <laughs> yeah, no, true. It's, uh, no, it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed this little break over here. It's just a shame I've been fighting this malady off, but... Uh... You know, I feel pretty good, even though I sound like crap. I feel all right. No, you so. sound, you sound fine. You just sound like a Queenslander. Hey, um, <laughs> you, former cont- we'll ask you. We'll find. We'll round off the interview with Ken Rothfire win the winter bottom today, and there's a lot of interesting interstaters and locals and so on. But just for people who haven't been to Perth, and you're a former tour guide, I've been there a couple of times. I've got mixed feelings about whether I could live in Perth. But with your tour guide hat on, uh, what do you make of Perth? Is it a a place that you could take guided tours around? Would there be much enough to fill? your time are you a fan of Perth oh very very much so maybe I'm, I'm a little bit biased because each time I've been here I've been so well looked after but the hospitality afforded over here each time I come and maybe because I bought buffering and he was favorite twice and now I've got Rothfire who's favorite but the Perth Jockey Club have been fantastic um Lonnie Bossy I had dinner with Lonnie or lunch with Lonnie yesterday. He's the former COO of, of Crown here in, in Perth. He, he left six months ago, but their hospitality over here, and it's a beautiful city, I, I have to say, and my wife's just gone for a walk around the lake and walked around Optus Stadium, and and I've driven around it a couple of times myself. It, it's a beautiful city. There's plenty to do. Restaurants outstanding, and uh, the hospitality, as I say, has been first class. All right, there you go. Hey, um, what about Rothfire today? Yes, no, maybe? 
Yes, he can win. I mean, look, Damien Oliver, when Damien personally called me and said, I want to ride Roth Fire, I said, well, that's good enough for me. Ollie, you're on. He knows his track as well as anybody. Interesting couple of horses inside of us, how quick they go and how quick they make or how much work they make Ollie do. But my horse is very quick out the gates. He'll put himself there and he's as tough as old boot leather I'll rock it. He's wanted on Morasco and Voodoo Lad Ollie. He knows his way around Ascot, that's for sure. Hey, good luck today, mate. I uh, hope the sniffle clears up, but I'm, and I'm glad that the scammers didn't win at the end of the day, and hopefully the legend Rothfire can get the money for you and Louise Yates and all the tradies in Rothfire today. Good on you guys. Love to talk to you. Good on you, Rob. Yeah, Rob Heathcote there with uh, uh, the favourite, his favourite for the Winterbottom, uh, Rothfire. Volana was scratched. Um, James Cummings advised uh, the stewards that uh, the horse sustained abrasions to its off four and he wasn't cleared this morning. On Monday, uh, Big V Racing will be announcing the Greyhound that will run in the uh, for RSN and the Phoenix next month at the Meadows. So uh, that's Monday morning at 11.30, that announcement, Big V Racing, about which Greyhound will run for RSN. Guys, time to take another break. Uh, we'll be talking to Basil Dooley. Uh, his horse, Better Be The Bomb. Everyone loves Better Be The Bomb. He's one of the most popular horses going uh, around in harness racing. He competes in a heat of the Inter-Dominion tonight at Ballarat. And as we go into the break, Perhaps the most famous horse in Inter Dominion history. Blacks are fake, winning his fourth. Washaki leads from smoking up. Here comes Black Safake down the outside. And then came Monkey King and Bailey's Dream warming up. Black Safake hit the lead at the 150. But here comes Monkey King out after it. Smoking up is battling away. But it's Black Safake. It's holding Monkey King at the moment. It's Black Safake. Into the minion immortality for Black Safake. Four grand finals. You beauty. Goes home to score over Monkey King. Smoking up. Giant run is boxed on for first. Loving their racing, pacing and chasing. Matt Stewart, Dan Malicki and Simone Fisher. Cracking the Codes. Welcome back to Cracking the Codes. Uh, the Inter-Dominion kicks off tonight at uh, Ballarat. Three heats for the Trotters, three heats for the Pacers. And one of the runners that is engaged in the pacing division is... Almost everybody's, if the, he's not their favourite horse, he's their second favourite horse. There's a common denominator there. Everyone loves Better Be The Bomb. Everyone loves that, would love to have a horse like Better Be The Bomb. Well, Basil Dooley has got Better Be The Bomb. Him and uh, partner Paula Martin have a horse that goes in as a last start winner to these uh, pacing championships tonight. Basil um, joins us. Basil Dooley, um, how are you this morning? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It better be the bomb. Get the name, Baz. Oh, I think he's out of out of a uh, mare called um, out of Bombell. So, um, and he's by Better's delight, obviously. And you didn't have him initially, but your partner, I think uh, Paula was was she working with Diane Giles and Lance at the time? There was a connection there anyway, and um, I think she got him pretty cheaply. I, I don't think you're behind in that department. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, but Paula had a connection with uh, Lance and Di in uh, South Australia, and then she moved over here, and um, then you know she was working for him and, and helping out there, and uh, was lucky enough, I suppose, in hindsight, to uh, have purchased him. It's been a handy horse for you, Basil. He's had 140 starts and won over three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you'd like to have a stable full of those, wouldn't you? Oh, I certainly would. I, uh, yeah, no, he's been a very good horse to us and uh, he always seems to uh, bob up at the right time when uh, when he's needed. 
Has it been, I was going to say, with that amount of starts, 140, has he been an easy horse to keep sound, keep on the track then? And, and is it true you're a farrier, so his feet would be in tip-top condition? Oh, uh, firstly, um, yeah, no, he's a, a sound enough horse. He doesn't do a lot of hard work, so, uh, yeah, mainly, mainly, you know, obviously races, so I, I only work him light. And, yeah, his feet are some sort of issue, having a... Um, uh, a club, uh, he's got a, you know, what you call a club, clubbish foot, and um, and he's had a tendon issue before, so um, just got to uh, keep him in as best order as we can. A club foot in a human is a very debilitating thing. Um, so, is is it been a really uh, a, a, an ongoing issue over the years to keep that club foot straight? Uh, certainly has. I. Um, he wears uh, Equilox, which is uh, like a uh, hoof bog, um, to uh, keep the foot uh, thicker in the walls around the heels and um, just got to try and keep his heels down. He continues to grow heels, so it's just an ongoing um, maintenance thing that you, you've got to you know, be on top of. Can I just tell a f- funny little story about a club-footed bookie? <laughs> so <laughs> This do. is a true story, Basil. Yeah. So there's a guy I was mates with years ago who owed a lot of money to bookmakers on a track. This is a 100% true story. And he had to go to a Bucks party at the races, and he hadn't been to the races for about 10 years, but he finally rocked up, but he was very sheepish because he knew that about five bookies were going to pin him as soon as he got to the track. One bookie had a club foot. And the bookie pinned him and said, you, you bastard, I've been waiting for you for 20 years to turn up. He said, you owe me 500 bucks or whatever it was. And my mate looked at him and looked at his club foot and said, I'll race you for it. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. He thought he, he was quick, quick thinking that mate of mine. Yeah, no, that's a good story. He good might story. have spent a bit of time around hanging around you. Too much time hanging around yes, you. Yes, quite maybe. possibly. I'm sure far too much time hanging around you. Basil, it's the end of Dominion. It, it's a name, I, I think, with a generation around our age, and Matt Stewart, by the way, is older than both of us, Baz. But um, uh, it, the, the end of Dominion is a race that everyone wanted to be a part of. It, it's funny, like, everyone talks about Melbourne Cup uh, in the in the gallops. Not that there's anything funny about that, and that's the dream, but that was the dream for people involved in harness racing, to get a runner, just to get a runner, not necessarily to win, but to get a runner in the end of Dominion, and you have. Yeah, no, I've been, uh, been lucky that he's been consistent these last few years and uh, we considered taking him to Sydney last year for it and decided to uh, wait another 12 months and um, here we are today. So uh, looking forward to it and yes, it is a great race and um, yeah, only the best win. So uh, we've uh, got a ticket in, so uh, we'll be trying our hardest. Can the Australia's most popular pacer... Get, how far can this journey go through the Inter-Dominion, do you think, Baz? Oh, well, we've got a, um, a, we've got a very good barrier draw tonight, so hopefully, um, uh, you know what I mean, we can uh, get some good points. And, um, you know what I mean, and obviously the draws are um, a big thing and hopefully we can get some good draws on uh, Tuesday and uh, Saturday and we're all in one piece and healthy and uh, who knows. It sounds like you, you need a good draw tonight. You're looking at the field, you've got horses Triple Eight, Alta Orlando, Majestic Cruiser, you've got Dillaby Nitro. Gee, it's a, a great field anyway. If that was a, a group race, Dan, you wouldn't be disappointed with some of those names. No, you? and you'd want to have a good barrier draw. Do you know what barrier draw you come out of, Basil? And I, and I don't mean to be facetious here either. I hope it's two. No, it's three, mate. 
How's that? Yeah, exactly. Gillaby Nitro uh, gets a run in the race and starts from barrier one. All right. So the trainers barriers. don't even know these rules that happened with uh, yesterday with Matt Craven, and there you go. Sorry, I've just spoilt your day, but it wasn't me. Um, I just how's that? That isn't that? It shows you how poor that rule is. Someone actually mentioned uh, to me how does that work, and he mentioned something about greyhounds, the emergency yeah. goings, uh, and I said oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean I only just went by what I uh, I seen. So that, yeah, well, that's news to me. But anyway, Anthony Butts on board, and he can work that out. Yeah, that's exactly right. You just handle that straight to him. Well, hopefully that doesn't dent the confidence and the dream. You don't wake up five minutes earlier from the happy ending to turn into a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure he won't. He always races well. He's very tough. He's very resilient. We love Better Be The Bomb, and I think he's got a realistic chance to progressing to the final in a couple of weeks. Hope you really enjoy that fortnight. Sorry if Dan's ruined your day, Baz. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit... Uh, anyway, it is what it is. So three's my lucky number, so I'm happy with that. He might call you a winner tonight, so you might be in the good books. I'll make again. a deal. If he's in front on the winning post, I'll call him first for you. You said that to Darcy in the pony trots too. Oh, well, she let me down. Uh, thanks, Baz, for joining us, and, and all the best to you and Paula and to Better Be The Bomb. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm wondering if Baz is, I should have asked him, he was allowed to dig a dually, the, uh, the cameraman for, for racing.com. It's not the most fam- common surname, dually. There's a few Dooleys in Greyhound Racing. Um, there's Dooley. He used to be the manager at Sale. Yeah, Dooley Dooley. Yeah. Hey, um, Dooley, enjoyed Dooley. this morning's show, Simone. What's on... Oh, Melbourne Cup Melbourne tonight. Melbourne Cup tonight, yes. Um, You're wearing green this morning. Don't wear green on a racetrack. I just find it They were the rules. Even I grew up yeah. that way. Someone but then if a bird drops a dropping on you and you're wearing green, it uh, balances it oh, out. Does it? Okay, you're well, even. that's good to know because I have quite a few green items of clothing. I do like this colour. So it looks lovely. Fetching on you. Oh, thank you. Um, and you too, Dan. So you're wearing green. You look lovely too. Black never, and green, yeah. I never knew that, but Tina Woman did say to me years ago. God, you never wear green on a racetrack. No, so it makes it life go. difficult for the Irish, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, we're going to wind up the show with a, a lovely little replay zip of the Zipping Classic, which is going to be a nice little parlay into the next hour where we're going to have a chat to uh, Tim Bailey at, uh, at uh, at least say Sandown every time, Caulfield, uh, uh, Nathan Doyle, the uh, Newcastle trainer, is going to join us, Chris Lees, Troy Kilgower for the picnics, Matty Kane, the chairman, so lots coming up in the next hour as well. Vowen Declare trying to win a Zipping Classic. After winning a Melbourne Cup, this horse did the same in 2011. Have a great Set day, everyone. We'll be back shortly. On the inside, Menegar on the outside. They've claimed Murian. Now American. Here comes American. He's winding up. He's got him surely at the 200. American raced up to Menegar. Murian coming back on the inside. American about a neck in front. Mosse's looking after him. He won it easily. American three quarters to Menegar. I'd say a nose to Murian for second.